This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hey, everybody. I'm Kim Holderness. And I'm Penn Holderness. And you have found the Holderness Family Podcast. Yeah. Whoa, that was a very announcery. I'm working on the podcast. <laughs> Hey guys, if you're a regular listener, if you enjoy this podcast, uh, maybe take a minute to rate and review this in iTunes. It helps people find us. If you're new here, we're so glad you're here. Welcome to our attic where we record this. And this is our very favorite thing we do. It is. And one of our favorite people uh, is coming to visit us uh, under very dire circumstances. We'll explain shortly. Um, Dr. Emily King, if you our regular listener to our podcast. You've heard her before. She has a lot of great advice for parents about how this time is affecting their children because she is an expert in that kind of thing. Yeah, she's a licensed psychologist and health services provider and private practice. She has 20 years experience working with children and adolescents with anxiety, ADHD, autism spectrum disorder. She has a PhD in school psychology. She's smart. Yeah, she's she's very fancy. She has launched her parenting on her own uh, parenting on your own path website in 2020 and she has an online course that's beyond her psychology practice so there's a lot of reset resources and a course on that website she also gives us a disclaimer every week for us to read she's very fancy and, and buttoned up. yeah I, we need some of those for ourselves like what would our disclaimer be if you and uh, i had a disclaimer um pen and kim are not meant uh to be taken for any clinical reason um <laughs> None side of their, effects may include. Yeah, side effects may include cringing. 
<laughs> a lot of cringing. Potential songs stuck in your head? I uh, know. Uh, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Anyway. Your, your aunt Florence may call may you sh- about them and yes. you may not want to hear about it. Yeah. That's our disclaimer. Emily's disclaimer, yeah, Dr. We, King, I should say. Yes. We, yes. All right. So information provided by Dr. King is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or to provide psychological services directly to clients. Listeners are encouraged to seek the advice of a qualified mental health professional with any questions or concerns. Welcome to the show, Dr. Emily King. Thanks for having me on. Oh, and Emily, you've you've done it again. You've put something out there that the world has really responded to. And I want to read um, this post that really did affect me. And it's <laughs> it's not the one that you think. We'll get to we'll get to the one that really matters in a second. But I'm gonna okay. get to this. I'm gonna get to this one from last year. Uh, I'm sorry, from last week, yeah. 2020. You are something else. <laughs> I was just trying to walk down the stairs, but every day is an adventure, especially when you've already turned off the lights and you miss a step. Yes, they are both broken. This might be the most ridiculous thing that has ever happened to me. Felt like we should start with that. Both of your feet are broken. Yes, they are. Oh my, oh my uh, gosh. <laughs> Both of your feet. Both both. feet are broken. So um, I broke a bone (laughs) in each of my feet. Not two in one foot, but one in each. Oh, no. um, I have two boots. Oh. Two lovely, (sighs) very effective Velcro boots. Um, And, yeah, I um, was sitting... (laughs) I don't Why are we laughing? I, know. Like, I mean, I've already I talked to her well, enough about it. We can laugh. Yeah. I fully give you permission to laugh. My fir- the first 12 hours, there was no laughter. No. <laughs> um, I was in pain and I was trying to figure out how in the world do I rearrange my schedule for the things I had committed to for that day after I slipped and fell. And then about, um, about 18 hours later, like the next afternoon, I started to think, you know what? I've been doing telehealth from my office or my home for six months. I don't need my feet. (laughs) (laughs) I started thinking like, okay, so if I had been in my, you know, I do a lot of play therapy with young kids. I'm on the floor up and down all the time in my office pre COVID. And if I had been jumping from that schedule fully in person, with lots of little kids, high energy to having to sit and talk and only use my voice mm-hmm. <laughs> for however long, that would have been a huge jump. But I just started to think this is not so much of a learning curve other than the fact that I need some ibuprofen. <laughs> um, and, and I should also add that you are you have two school age kids who are also right. home. So, so- Yes. And the other positive I started to think of was, thank goodness it's the second week of school and not like the week right before where I really didn't know what I was doing or planning for them. They had about a week. We all as a family had about a week under our belt of routine and childcare versus, you know, schooling situation remotely. We had almost gotten in a groove and we're, you know, still kind of in a groove with that, but it, it wasn't so much of a of a shock that I, you know, I don't have to drive my kids to school, right? Mm-hmm. They're, they're here. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's uh, the perfect time office. for you to break both, <laughs> both. of, both <laughs> of the <laughs> feet. Both. I, if I was going to do it, I love how- quarantine and, um, 
let's think about all the things I can do without my feet. I love your attitude yeah. in this. And I know you probably, if you're human beings, so you have waves sure. of like, of course Absolutely. this happened. Yeah. <laughs> but I love how you framed this. I'm I'm all about it. And we're going to, you know what, we're going to move on because this isn't all about our <laughs> gimpy doctor, Emily uh <laughs> Yeah. King. It's about uh, another post that she made. And you've really you have been touching a nerve in a very good way during COVID. This is the second time we've had you on and you put something out there that's kind of gone viral. Yeah. Uh, Kim, and sh- I, I posted this before I fell. Yes. <laughs> now and, I'm like, let's embrace those goals, everyone. Yeah. So do you want to kind of and it was a post about setting 2020 goals. And can you kind of get into you can even I mean, if you have it in front of you. Um, you can kind of talk about what what your post was and then um, about setting 2020 goals and then how that came about. Yeah, so the post was um, just a thought I had in my mind really related to there's some psychological theory behind it that we're all trained on of, you know, kids need people, need safety first. We need to feel safe. We need to feel connected and then we can learn. And then as we're in there too, we've got to be mentally well, physically well, and we have to also have a relation, a strong positive relationship with the people who are teaching us. And so I, I kept seeing all of these worried parent posts or anxiety about school, definitely anxiety from teachers, anxiety from parents. And I thought to myself, you know, school as we know it previously to COVID just actually isn't possible this year because Mm -hmm we don't have the same resources. So the post says, do not go into the school year with 2019 goals. This is 2020, have 2020 goals. And my goals are only safety, connection, mental wellness, physical health, and maintain relationships. And um, I felt like at the time when I first started talking about this, it was a little bold because I didn't put academics on there. Mm -hmm. But as most educators and, you know, child therapists know if those things are in place, learning will happen and it's going to happen differently this year. But if we come at it with like, you have to sit down and you have to learn this and you have to pay attention and we are stressed and our kids are stressed, no learning will happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we can possibly even break down relationships and, you know, cause even more distress for our kids. So I wanted parents just to hear that because many parents are feeling like, okay, my kids are safe. Uh, we laugh every now and then. We've got a good connection. You know, we're, we're, we've been practicing all these things to keep us mentally and physically well since March. We're getting kind of good at our alternative exercises and our being in nature and all of that. I, I think if the goal is just to maintain our relationships, I think you can do that. Um, and learning will just happen. And it might not be all in a you know virtual classroom setting or in a classroom setting it might be like we've talked before cooking or hiking or a science outside or discovery of some kind but as long as our kids brains are feeling calm and safe they'll be available to learn how i, I want to break down each one of those i think yeah. i think safety is self-explanatory Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So rooted in the research, if we are threatened, you know, if we are in a, living in an abusive situation or if we feel, you know, certainly the moments after I fell down the stairs. Right. I Let's go back like, to that again. I'm, I'm not safe. <laughs> I'm not safe. I certainly couldn't learn anything if someone tried to teach me right now. <laughs> I've got to figure out how to get myself to safety. Um, you know, if we are thinking about any time that 
your um, brain has gone into fight or flight. And this happens when we are um, in abusive or traumatic situations, but also when we are just in, um, you know, highly stressful situations yeah. of kids that are like, for instance, kids who have sensory sensitivities and are anticipating a fire drill, for instance, mm-hmm. they're safe, but their brain is on alert all the time. Like, when is that loud noise going to happen? When is that loud noise going to happen? And they don't feel safe. So it makes yeah. it harder for them to learn if they know the fire drill is going to it's called the symptom, not the symptom, it's called the sympathetic nervous system. And mm-hmm. Kim and I, Kim and I included some of this in our book that, that's coming oh. out next year about that awesome. flight or fight uh, thing yes. that actually affects stressful situations, specifically if you're in a fight with your spouse. <laughs> no, seriously, there is a yeah. part of your brain that doesn't work that controls the organization of speech which is why sometimes you literally can be so mad at your spouse that you can't talk and we have encountered that so you know just thought i'd put a plug in there but yeah (laughs) available soon yeah so that's safety yeah go ahead no no i'd I'd like to go all the way down here i mean you talked about physical wellness and mental wellness as well um and and how you think this particular year, you can achieve those goals, right? Um, I mean, it's, it's when I look at these posts from you, I, I definitely agree with you. And I know that school has to be the way that it is. And I know that athletics have to be the way that it is. But it's kind of like a double whammy for our kids who also like to play sports. Yeah. So that's yeah. the part. It's we are having to get creative with um, having to, I mean, just we doing at home workouts. And because I, I do, I'm a big believer that like when you move your body your your mind can open and be more Mm -hmm. calm and there's like so much science that reinforces this too just movement Mm -hmm. um and there's been a pronounced decrease in movement (laughs) in our house um yes we're we're trying we're trying (laughs) absolutely and i want to go back before we talk about mental and physical to talk about connection yes 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 so um when we feel you know think of these kind of like a hierarchy um, the, the theory behind this, if anyone's interested, is um, Maslow's um, hierarchy of needs. Mm-hmm. And so if we feel safe, we are then available to connect with people. Obviously, if we are in fight or flight, we don't really want to – usually we go in. We don't want to connect with people. We're in the state of protecting ourselves. But if we feel safe, then we want to connect. And that may be one-on-one. That may be with a sibling or a teacher or a parent. But it's basically – I am here, you are here, we are here together. And this is something that a lot of kids, young kids I work with, with autism, are so flooded with sensory sensitivities and anxiety, they often um, have trouble connecting because they are struggling to feel safe in a world that is very loud and not routine and unexpected to them. So when we connect with people, then we can go out and, you know, be physical with people in terms of exercising together, being on a sports team or, you know, pushing our bodies, stretching ourselves. You know, I think we all know that um, there's a parallel between like physical discomfort um, and like, you know, working out and you're physically uncomfortable, but you know, you're going to be stronger tomorrow. And there's a similar um, parallel to that with emotional discomfort. You know, I'm going to push myself through this anxiety. It's uncomfortable now, but I know that I'll be able to do it no problem if I get used to this or it's it's just adapting. And that's what we are doing right now in COVID. So if we think back to six months ago, how many of us were like, I don't know what I'm going to do without my gym. 
and without my people. <laughs> and, and now that it's, um, you know, on September, tomorrow will be September when we're recording this. And we have adapted. And it's not, like I just said, it's not so crazy that I broke both of my feet. It wasn't such <laughs> oh a large gosh. jump. I don't even need my feet to do my job. <laughs> so um, that's what I mean when I mean, like, if we, ha- if we feel safe, if we have the connection, we can adapt better. And that mental wellness and physical health is very intertwined. Um, they affect each other. We can't really have one without the other. I mean, they both um, work together to keep our mind and body healthy. Uh, how are you pulling this off? Not to... <laughs> belabor the point with no functioning feet how are you right how are you getting your kids involved so, in physical activity um, we have a lot of good help so i've i'm in the first week of this so i have not attempted to get any physical activity quite yet but i already am sitting here thinking um how can how can i do yoga without feet oh. there are, there's honestly, a lot of chair yoga let me put I that know. Uh, i'll so put a plug out there a for a some... lot of um my what i had adapted to, you know, I was doing CrossFit and cycling before COVID were my things. And, um, and then I adapted to just, you know, really long walks and yoga outside was my COVID thing. And, um, uh, my poor dog, I'm like, whoever wants to come walk my dog, come on over. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we're, we're tag teaming that with, you know, family and friends, but now I'm, I'm kind of in between of, okay, I can't do that. I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do for physical, but, um, I guess yeah, that's an example like of that. adapting, right? Adapting. You, you were just talking about it. It's an example it. of adapting. Exactly. I think with all this, I loved it. It really hit me when I saw it about setting 2020 goals. What are, I mean, I'm such a goal-oriented person. I think five years ahead, I think next, I mean, I, I love to look forward to something. I love to make a list of things I want to accomplish. So this year, and I'm discovering my kids are a lot like me in this way, mm-hmm. and that a big complaint and what a first world problem this is is that we don't really have a lot to look forward to we're not have we're not working to even as basic as like a family trip or a, mm-hmm. you know an academic accomplishment or a sports like Lola wanted to she you know she loves to play tennis and she had some tennis goals like all these things and they're just not there anymore so what are mm-hmm. some like actual physical goals we can be putting out there for ourselves besides, I mean, safety's good. Safety's the primary, but I mean, like what's the way we could check the box to make these goal oriented people, myself included, feel like they're accomplishing something in 2020. Well, I think that that last one I have on the list, maintain relationships. We maintained our relationships prior to COVID in very social ways in sports teams out with friends in public and places that maybe you're not frequenting right now. And we are getting better at adapting to, okay, how can we get together? Are we going to get together on the front porch and, you know, be social distancing apart Mm -hmm. and just still hanging out. Um, But we've had to all get really intentional about how we maintain our relationships because certainly that's a huge part of mental health as well. So when we think about 2020, we have to think about, the resources we have. And I don't just mean like energy resources, but financial resources, you know, some people have complete, their finances look completely different than Mm -hmm. they did in February. Um, We have a lot of people have, you know, less sleep. A lot of people are running on fumes of trying to, um, you know, 
be with their kids, if they have to monitor their kids' remote learning. Some parents are teachers and have kids that are remote learning. And so think first about your resources. You had a lot more resources in 2019, mm-hmm. a lot more. And there was also a lot more in 2019 that was automated. Like we were just in a routine and we did, the systems were in place. We did this, that person was in charge of this and I didn't need to think about it. And now we've had to think about everything and how we are putting that together. So that's why I just wanted to let everybody know that just maintaining health and connection and safety and maintaining your relationships this year is the goal. That is the goal for 2020. And great if you find a new hobby and have time to create something new. Great if you feel like I realized that I don't like something I was doing in 2019 Mm -hmm. because now that I'm thinking about it and I'm really challenged to think what is important to me, um, kind of just having some more insight. I think 2020 is a great year to figure out where we spend our time and energy and money mm-hmm. and how does that feel to us? So, uh, you know, I know it's not a specific achieve this goal. It's, I see 2020 as more of an introspective um reboot kind of i was listening to another um podcast the other day that had someone joking about you know most everything will work if we unplug it and plug it back in mm-hmm. and they were joking that like that's what that's the funny like it's 2020 <laughs> is a giant modem 2020 is just a big reboot yeah um, no you're right i love and- that idea because when we get overly stressed we just need to stop and pause and think and reflect and figure out if where we're putting our resources is where we're getting our biggest return on joy and connection and relationships because that drive that ultimately drives us waking up and feeling good every day. So I want to talk a little bit about, um, correct, like overcorrecting from things. Uh, I, I feel like this is a year with a lot of major reactions and then some somehow like having to correct and sometimes it overcorrects and you have to kind of come back to the middle. So in our family, we have given our children some more grace. We've given them more space. We have lowered expectations. <laughs> we have we, we have paused on the academic like pressure. A lot of the things that you're talking about, we've like put a priority on safety. Um, I have told them, listen, if you ask me for help when you need it, if you if you keep communicating with me, if I'm like, if you do, if you pinky promise me you're doing. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
let's be honest. We've all had embarrassing BO moments. Like anytime you have to speak in public, if you don't put deodorant on, Ooh. it's like a different type of sweat. Ugh. And you and I did like a thing and I got done. And thank God I had a blazer on because it sort of masked it. But then I took it off and got in the car and it was just like. There is a yeah, lot gross. of pit sweat. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, Lumi whole body deodorant is making it so none of us ever have to worry about that BO again. Unlike certain other DOs, Lumi is powered by mandelic acid to control odor in a new way. Lumi delivers outrageous 72-hour odor control everywhere from your pits to your feet. Lumi is a game-changing deodorant designed by an OBGYN. Fast forward six years and her whole body DO has now earned over 300,000 five-star reviews. How? Well, unlike certain traditional deodorants that try to mask odor with a fragrance, Lumi is formulated to stop odor before it starts. More like a pre-odorant. I personally love that Lumi is baking soda-free and paraben-free. You can choose from a variety of fresh, bright scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, or toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code HOLDERNESS at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi Deodorant and use code HOLDERNESS. And it's Lumi, L-U-M-E. Doing the best you can, and I see you're doing the best you can, then I won't even check your yeah. grades. Right. Like, we're not even going to check. And that's and that's all good. So here's, here's the one thing I'm just a teeny <laughs> bit worried about, and that is the overcorrection of giving them that grace and giving them that space. And then all of a sudden you like go up to their room and they're zombieing out on Roblox or so, you know, <laughs> something, something has happened because we have given them that grace. And I don't want that to lead to a withdrawn feeling. Does right. that make any sense to you? Cause I've seen in little, terms of being worried that we may, you know, stay in our 2020 goals forever and never raise the bar back up. Yeah. I, so I, th- yeah. So I think what's happened personally in our house. So March happened and we we're right. like, oh, schools are going to be closed for a month. And so we were like, let's make this time like as good for our children as we can. You know, obviously we were shut down very seriously. We didn't, we basically didn't leave the house. So you know what? If you want to stay in your pajamas all day and eat Pringles in bed while you're online learning, do it. If you want to, you know, we had a whole podcast that we talked to you about like screen time and adjusting expectations mm-hmm. on screen time. Mm-hmm. And we're like, go for it. And now they're like mm-hmm. still want that. And I'm like, okay, guys, this is reality right now. Like yeah. this is now right. we, we need to. And we were very, we let them feel their feelings about being disappointed about stuff and all this stuff. And now I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, guys, That's, you're healthy. Yeah. You're safe. You're, you're not, I'm not yep. sending you off to war. So let's suck it up a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Like you yeah. want them, you, you don't want them to lose the fight. You know what I mean? Exactly. Well, and what you're saying there is we don't want them to um, not be resilient. You know, all of this will create resilience in our kids and in an us. I can kind of already feel that. Like mm-hmm. we, you broke both of your feet. Do you feel that <laughs> mostly in your feet? I'm kind of yeah. okay with it. There you go. Um, <laughs> and so I, I, that's why I think it's important to define this as 2020 goals. And then when we have gotten into the school year, I know every single school system and school and is different in in each community not just the country or the world in each community and when we went back into the school year i know from my perspective i am like 
so grateful for the teachers. So grateful for the teachers. They have been working so hard this summer and they have shown up with a, this is the plan for this school year and it's not going to look like the spring, which was kind of wild. And it's not going to look like 2019, but it's going to be organized and you're going to show up. I know for my kids, they have to show up. They're taking attendance. There will be work turned in and it's more accountable than what we were doing in the spring, which was very much like we were in all in shock. We all thought it was going to be temporary. Once we are here to the fall, this is, it's not sustainable like we did it in the spring. So as we go into the next phase of however many months this is going to be, we do have to create something that's sustainable. And if we try to do it like we did pre-COVID, not sustainable with the resources we have now. So this is just kind of the baseline for 2020 goals. And then I think every school, every classroom, every family will slowly add back in what they feel like kids are ready to handle. And that's also important. We want to move our kids towards we are getting back to normalcy, you know, and that's, mm-hmm. eventually it will come. I know that it feels like this is going to last forever because it's going on so long. And to kids, it's a really feels like a really long time, but this will be temporary. Mm-hmm. We just don't know, you know, when it's going to be back to somewhat of what we felt like it was before, but generations and, you know, years of, things have gone on in the past that people have survived and been resilient on. And when you, I just remember thinking about my grandparents talking about, well, it was wartime. So that wasn't available, you know, like back in the Mm forties and they, you know, they were just remembering that as like a detail in their story, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you know, that's a little bit like what it feels like, feel like one day we're going to say, Oh, like we were quarantined then we didn't, we didn't drive much or whatever the thing is we're going to be talking about. Um, it's going to build resilience, but every like everything for kids and for people, um, it's going to be individualized. So figuring out what is your child ready for next and slowly raising that bar back up to raising the expectations when they um, are when all of these basic needs are met and they're ready to do more. I mean, it sounds like we're talking about the 12 stages of grieving. Like there, there was, you were talking yep. about shock and denial yep. and there was some bargaining and now we're, I guess, are we uh-huh. at acceptance now? Are we at acceptance? Yep. Okay. So I think we are. And I, um, I've been asked this question a lot over the last few months. And, um, you know, a lot of people think of grief as you have, someone has to pass away. And of course that is the highest form of grief to lose someone that you can't, you absolutely can't bring back. You can't change that. But I think of grief as any loss of connection. And as we know, for anyone who's um, lost a loved one, the stronger the connection you had to that person, usually the stronger your grief. Mm -hmm. You didn't know them that well. Your grief usually isn't as long or isn't as deep or doesn't, um, you know, grief ebbs and flows and a memory will send you into kind of a grief feeling where one day you were fine and then you remember something and it, it makes you grieve again. So, You know, I think that when we were back in the spring, things were getting canceled and, you know, high schoolers and college seniors were missing out on things that they will never get to relive again. Right. And no, that's not missing a person that you'll never see again. That's not grieving a person, but it's a more minor form of grief. And I've gotten some pushback a little bit, just in happy, you know, debate about some of these things that know that sadness. And I'm, and I'm thinking, yes, that's a type of sadness, but 
it it's the loss of the connection for me that defines it as grief. And yes, it is a milder form of grief, but we have to be careful because if you've never lost a loved one, that may be the strongest feeling of grief, you know, a 17 year old has ever felt or a 22 year old has ever felt. And we need to honor that and hold space for that and help them move on from that because they won't get to get in a time machine and go back and do it all over again. You know, Mm -hmm. I got my senior, we got our senior rituals and and traditions that we were looking forward to. Um, and And so, yes, I totally have seen this arc of grief kind of from March until now. And I do think we're in an, a place of acceptance where we're thinking, okay, I'm going to be doing this for the school year in some way, shape, or form, what's sustainable for our family, for our finances, for our emotional health, and like I said, to maintain our relationships. And if we can keep those things steady, then we will you know, be able to do our jobs. Our kids will learn something. But the goal is not going to be for everyone to pass the, you know, standardized tests at the end of the year, because there's a whole variety of instruction that's going to happen this year based on different family needs. And this is just not going to be a standardized type of year. Yeah, I I feel I mean, I've been using the word mourning, like our children are in mourning, because I think they are they're into the ceremony of things like Lola's starting eighth grade and there's always like a big eighth grade social at our school before school starts and that didn't happen. There's all these eighth grade ceremonies that they're they're, she's not getting. Um, And so she's uh, she's in mourning and it's definite. It's 100 percent grief for her. I think Emily might be right. Even for our kids. I mean, we've had some family members who have who have passed, but I mean, this might be just as heavy. What's happened this last Mm -hmm. year for them as far as like sadness and grief. It depends on how strong their connection is to it. And what I argue is, yes, you can actually have a connection to an event that hasn't even happened. Because if you think about it, let's say you're a middle schooler or a high schooler and you have watched those traditions happen in front of you for upperclassmen and you have built up this image in your mind of when it will be my turn. And I mean kids plan what they're going to wear and mm-hmm. who they're going to be with and who they're going to take pictures with and what they're going to post about it. I mean, kids develop, we all do that, develop yes. images of some sort of event. Even though it hasn't happened, we're connected to the idea. And it, yes, it's disappointment and sadness, but the type of sadness it is to me is grief. Yeah. The past six months of parenting has been the hardest that I've encountered in terms of trying to parent them through this and the, just the continued disappointments. But I, you mentioned something like our kids are so resilient. And I mean, I children so just resilient. so resilient and it more than I am. I mean, just they, they've done such a good job. I'm kind of in awe of how they're navigating this. So yeah, so maybe this is like the new like, we're, we're not we're not goal people so much anymore. We aren't, you know, <laughs> we aren't those people anymore. They're, which is, they're becoming goal people, though. Like our daughter, like our daughter came up to us a couple of months ago and told us that she wants to be a college tennis player, which is like she I mean, she's like in some, quarantine, she came up with this. We're yeah. Like, okay. I, mm-hmm. I mean, she. Uh, it's. I think it's something for her to like grasp onto, and something for her to work for, and something for her to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's really hard being a college scholarship athlete, but I'm sure as heck gonna let her try and do everything we can. Like that's. I, I was impressed when I heard that, and I do feel like our kids are trying to find ways to make goals to to make up for some of this stuff. 
Yeah, I'm all for goals. I mean, we need to imagine what we're capable of and work towards it. I mean, that's how we push ourselves in some respects. And that yeah. that's how we find long-term motivation, maybe in something that has short-term pain or struggle or it's uncomfortable or it's really hard what we're thinking about, but it will be worth it because I do want this thing at the end of, you know, the timeline of me achieving these things. And I think it's, it's good to set both short and long-term goals. I think that we as a society may actually do too many long-term goals Mm -hmm. um, and and not enough short-term goals. If COVID's taught us anything, it's that like, this week is this week and next week could be anything, anything. And I think that's, <laughs> yeah. And I think that's what I'm struggling with because I'm a short-term goal person. I'm a long-term goal person and now I've got nothing. And so it's, I'm, I'm inventing little goals so for when myself. You say short-term goals. How long is your short-term? It's usually, you know, a couple months, you know, we'll have a project. So, we want to knock out something like that. Yeah. So maybe it should be a week. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have thought about that. And in COVID is like, maybe this week, my goal is to make this happen. And this kind of started back in March and April, when literally, things were started to close, you know, Mm -hmm. and every week, completely changed changed the landscape of like what we were going to be able to do. Right. And I thought, well, I I thought I had that goal, but I guess I can't now. And so let's recalibrate. Yeah, Yeah. Um, I like that. I like that. And it, you know, yeah, so sometimes the goals, the timeframes just need to be shorter for us to feel forward movement, especially at such an uncertain time. So short, simple goals. I think the best way to put this and no disrespect, Emily, is to put one foot in front of the other. (laughs) Are you, have you been waiting for that? Yeah, but she just laid it out like on a silver platter for me. It's it's exactly what she just said. I walked right into into that Oh, bless Emily. I know. And I think that making our kids, I just, and maybe we, do you recommend talking to your kids about what their 2020 goals are or just let it slide and don't even make a big deal about it? It it just depends on how old your kids are and their awareness of kind of family goals. I mean, if you already, if you're a family who kind of sits down and acknowledges this, or if you're a parent, and I encourage all parents to do this, who is really open about like, these are some projects I'm working on. Uh, you know, I'm, I've got these ideas, and and I'm. It's important to me to spend time on this. You're modeling that for your kids. So if they're interested and ready, like you just said, Lula has just started to think more long term. If if they seem ready to think about goals, I think it's good to validate for them that, um, that you know the goals for this year are maybe a little bit different, and that's okay. Because they also may be missing something from 2019 that they may not get to do until 2021. Mm -hmm. Um, And so letting them know you will still get to do that thing, but maybe not in 2020. And and that's okay. Let's figure out how you can keep your body healthy, you know, keep your friendships up this way, you know, all the things that kids need to do this list. And then also asking them, you know, what would you like to accomplish within this framework of remote learning and our family is home more and we're not traveling as much? What do you maybe you want to accomplish during this time? Mm-hmm. I think my son wants to accomplish more video games, but we'll, we'll have to talk to right. him. We'll have to talk to him I know, when school I know, that is done. Definitely. I know we all kind of went off, um, I want to say off the rails, but I think parents will connect with that with the yes. <laughs> with the screen time over the summer, and there was definitely this um, 
shift that had to happen and and thank goodness for all the teachers that were like nope you have to show up and we're taking attendance i know and it's um, so funny because anytime we've posted about just the increase in screen time whether it's a line in a silly song or a skit or something there's there's always a couple comments like you should be teaching them xyz blah 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 you should be using this time and i look at the person's profile i'm like a you obviously don't have children and b if you do have children you also don't have a full-time job so back up um, but maybe there are people with full-time jobs who have found ways to engage their children and keep them off screens all day. But um, no, but if you don't have that situation, you know, no, no offense here, Dr. King, get to stepping, right? Like <laughs> he's, he's waiting. That's all I'm doing anymore. I'm just really? doing broken foot puns. And like uh, it, it, it actually probably is time to let her hit the road. Oh, to, <laughs> <laughs> oh um, Dr. Emily. Ser- seriously. Like we, we need you more often. I think, uh, everyone, no, I'm look, I'm not even making a pun here. Okay. Th- th- this is, this is a time that we probably need a daily, if not hourly checkup I with know. someone who understands the mind of children, um, at a time like this. So thank you again right. for all the sage advice. And, and real quick. So the children you're seeing, like, how are they doing? How's everybody, how are they? Yeah, hanging in there? So my work has shifted a little bit. You know, I, I probably have a, a good bit I and mean, it's not all my clients, but a good percentage of my clients are young play therapy clients. So those families have shifted into parent consultation calls with me and um, I'm coaching parents on playing with their child or different ways that um, we can support behavior. And so it's just a different model, but it's working. You know, there are a few young kids that um, are still enjoying telehealth and and can do it um, with their attention spans. And then some that, you know, are kind of all parent work, which is, just as effective for parents, but I miss being in the playroom playing on the floor with kids. And then, I mean, kids are so resilient. I would say many have gotten used to this platform, but it's ebbing and flowing with mood, you know, like all of us. And the theme I have seen since school has started is kids are actually doing okay. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. once we get, even though it's virtual, we got the routine down and the teachers have taken over of, you know, holding them accountable and they're doing okay. You know, it's really important for them to have a space at home. That's their school space so they can walk away from it. That's really important so they can compartmentalize their quote unquote, I'm at school on the computer and then I'm walking away and this is my break or this I'm done with school for the day. And it's really important for them to have school hours and play hours or home hours or and then anchoring the day with, you know, regular meal times and, you know, traditions within the family of still doing things certain nights of the week. And I've seen lots of kids really step it up with helping at home. They want to be a part of a community, whether that's a family community or a school community. It, again, helps them feel connected. So letting kids know that they are a part of this family and helping with chores or with um, when your mom has broken feet, doing something for her, (laughs) then um, they, they feel connected to you and they feel helpful. And we mentioned it at the top of the show, but you now have a Parenting on Your Own Path online course. Um, I'm just going to tell us a little bit about that and how that's working out. Yeah. So this summer um, I launched um, something called the Parenting on Your Own Path, the roadmap. So 
I started um, Parenting on Your Own Path as um, an online resource business that's separate from my private practice so that I could offer online resources with parents who may, you know, not live in our town, who may, I may never meet them in person, but um, I have the course on there as well as social stories, some digital social stories as well. So the course takes you through six um, video presentations that I do teaching parents about um, the neurodiversity, kind of all the different things, all the neurodiversities of learning and ADHD and autism and sensory integration and giftedness and learning disabilities, kind of whatever things that could be variable within your child's learning profile. And then um, there is a stronger focus on emotional and behavioral support. So two of the presentations go through kind of how to parent a child with lots of big feelings and maybe sensory differences. And there are printables in there that you can, um, like worksheets at the end of each presentation that you can use to kind of map out what your child's profile looks like and what um, strategies that your child might need. And also how to explain some of these um, differences and strengths to your child as well. So that course is live um, and it will it will always be live. I know some people like will have a course and then it goes away. This one's not going to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be there um, at parentingonyourownpath.com. Um, and I hope that it's helpful for everyone. That sounds like an amazing resource. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you for coming up and sharing your time. And I know you're very busy with two kids and a practice and broken feet. So, um, <laughs> oh, my, I cannot get over the fact this is the most 2020 thing to ever happen to anybody. It is the most 2020 thing <laughs> to happen. I know. Oh, my goodness. Well, thank you so very much. And we will talk to you soon. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.